0: Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group here at the PCI Community Meeting in Orlando. I'm talking with Troy Leach of the PCI Security Standards Council. He's the Chief Technology Officer. Troy, one of the areas that you touched on today, and you've touched on many areas, but one of the presentations that you you gave today hit on the requirements of 3.0 of the data security standard, and you walked through and gave a very detailed description of some of the the areas that you felt organizations oftentimes maybe missed the mark. Um, and how they could measure or gauge success over time. Are there certain requirements that you think um, are more of a struggle than others when it comes to PCI compliance?
1: I, yeah, I definitely think that there are unique challenges for different industry sectors. And if we look at uh, certain requirements, uh, the continuous management and the continuous process of uh, securing cardholder data for certain types of activity is more challenging on an ongoing basis. Uh, One example is uh, malicious software. So we have a requirement about malware and in that requirement the, the mandate is that there has to be protections against new threats as they evolve and as we talked about today we're seeing an uptick in the number of types of malware, and the malware variants that are coming to market, a significant uptick. And it begs the question of how does it continue to be managed as an organization, and then also just begs the question of is there other ways like whitelisting and other types of layered protections that we can add throughout the standards to minimize the overall cost and burden for merchants and retailers to apply these types of controls. I think another type of requirement that is sometimes a challenge, I heard this from the retail community this week, is that we're struggling with third-party relationships and the recognition that we are all having some part of third-party dependencies as we continue to evolve with cloud computing and other technologies. But at the same time, there's an obligation in the new version of the standard to demonstrate that there's an agreement that third-party processor or third-party service providers actually going to protect that information as they have a custodianship of it and we now recognize that some of these contracts are in place for multiple years and uh, they may not come up for renewal for another two or three years so we're talking to the merchant community this week about how you can go about um, having a progression plan and and starting to plan for the future of 2016 2017 uh, when these contracts are going to be up.
0: It's a good point you make about the malware, Troy. This black POS malware that's suspected in the Target breach and also perhaps in the Home Depot breach, which was just confirmed this week, is one that, that's gotten a lot of attention here at the meeting. And, and one thing that's come up over and over again is the fact that this malware actually encrypts the data that it exfiltrates from the system. So even if a retailer knows that it's been breached, it's oftentimes difficult to know what's been breached or what kind of information's been breached because that data's been encrypted. How is the industry helping to to address those concerns?
1: Well, I have to admit, Black POS is keeping me up at night because it's a very sophisticated type of malware, and once it gets into the system, it is very hard to detect, and it is very hard to uh, identify the information that it's sending outside of that network. So uh, we still believe that the PCI DSS and, and that multi-layered approach to security is the best protection available today to prevent that malware from ever being installed. We're working with the security forensic teams right now. We had a meeting this week with our forensic investigators to discuss what's the next generation of security for this type of malware and how do we go about protecting ourselves. Now in our terminal standard and, and I have to emphasize the point that that this POS attack is not happening inside of, of terminals per se, it's happening in the POS environment, is the We have... Mechanisms that would minimize that type of threat. For instance, the uh, firmware would have to uh, reset itself every 24 hours. We have tamper protections that are in place that if you were to open up those devices, it should uh, zeroize all the data and prevent any future uh, threat to that uh, particular terminal. The challenge is that we have a very diverse set of payment acceptance here in the United States. And with that becomes the ability for malware to be more pre- than it may be in other regions.
0: Can you clarify on what you mean by the diversity that we have in the U.S. that maybe we don't have other places when it comes to card acceptance? I,
1: I think it, if we look at the use of, of software payment acceptance, uh, especially in the uh, hospitality space and uh, the restaurant space, uh, quick service restaurants and, and other places, I think those are opportunities. They do have good uh, payment technology in those industries. I don't want to say they don't. It's just that there's opportunities to accept payment through software, manual key entry of information, and it's, it, those types of environments um, have to have additional monitoring and protections because they are going to be more susceptible to these types of threats.
0: I'm going to shift gears here for just a second, but I think all of it it ties together. Recently, the PCI Security Standards Council has come up with new guidance. Um, You came out with some guidance a couple weeks ago that related to the recent retail breaches, just reminding the industry of certain areas that they should be focused on. Just today, you've come out with new guidance that relates to skimming. And one of the areas that was noted in this guidance is the fact that the retailers and even financial institutions need to be cognizant of the fact that malware um, is stealing data, skimming attacks are stealing data. Should we be looking at malware and skimming in a way that's more similar than we have in the past?
1: I I think there is a a correlation. You know, these devices are are capturing information and they're using software. So uh, technically they are using malicious software as part of the mechanism for stealing this information. What we have to recognize is at some point there's going to be a, a public connection For payment card data, from the customer to the merchant, there's going to be some type of exchange of that payment card data. And those entry points are the most susceptible to skimming attacks, especially if those terminals are going to be in a place where they're going to be unattended. So so there's an opportunity not to have a clerk or someone monitoring the uh, activity. And it only takes a few minutes for someone to install a skimmer and be able to start stealing not only payment card data, but actually using cameras and other techniques to steal the PIN as it's entered by the uh, customer.
0: So with all of these complex data breaches that we've had of late and the, the malware that's come out, Skimming has been an area that we haven't really been talking about much lately. Why come out with guidance related to skimming now?
1: I, I think if we, we look at where some of the threats are progressing. Um, uh, we did publish this document back in 2009 uh, initially. But if we look at, at some of the advancements in especially the ATM space and other unattended terminal space, there is an increasing amount of opportunities and kiosks out there for criminals to, to attack, and we're seeing more and more sophistication. The devices are getting smaller. Um, more people are understanding how to install them. So we're having these increasing challenges, and they're just getting better at attacking these uh, payment terminals. So I think it's it's the timing of this is very important. We've also addressed newer technology like mobile payments in this particular draft so that we're addressing not only the physical limitations of of terminals and the attacks that might happen there, but also logical controls that would impact broader spectrum of payment technology.
0: And then Troy, one final question because we are at the community meeting. What are you hearing from some of the folks that you're talking with here? What seem to be the greatest challenges and what's their overall perspective of the topics?
1: I I think it's it's an interesting uh, counterbalance. We are hearing from a lot of people saying that we want to not be the next headline. Uh, We don't want to be seen as a data breach uh, in the Wall Street Journal. And I just heard that from uh, a Fortune 100 merchant um, as before I uh, came to see you, Tracy. Yeah. And uh, at the other side, we're seeing we want to have more risk management influence in, in how we go about protecting cardholder data. And I, I think the compromise and, and what we can uh, look to in the future, and that's been a focus of this community meeting, is what's the future? Uh, we're, we're protecting it about the present, but let's also be looking and forecasting what we need to do to secure the future. And for that, we're looking at how do we devalue that information through EMV, through tokenization, through point-to-point encryption, through some other type of alternative security, so that there's no longer incentive for the criminal to steal it. They're just not going to get the return on investment for trying to get that information and then try to sell it on the black market.
0: Troy, I'd like to thank you again for your time.
1: Anytime, Tracy.
0: Again, we've just heard from Troy Leach of the PCI Security Standards Council for Information Security Media Group. I'm Tracy Cudden.